You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our life crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. Hey, so I've thought a lot about 2023, fitting that this is the last day of the year. And so we've seen lots of different things happen. I've seen a lot of you go through tragedies. A lot of you have gone through different events. And it reminds me of the scripture in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a book written by King Solomon. The Bible says he's the wisest man who ever lived. But in chapter 3, starting at verse 1, he writes this. It says, There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Like I said before, many of us, we've been through different things in 2023. What's good is there's a season for everything under heaven. And some of you, you've lost loved ones this year. Some of you have gained new loved ones who married into your family or you've had a child, a grandchild. It's something to celebrate. Some of you, we have had uh, some good news. Some of you have had some really bad news. We've all had news of how the economy's going. We've had news that Israel's at war and we're in that fight. I don't know if you know, but we have troops over there. We actually have troops that are connected to Life Church over there. 2023 has been a year. Even here at Life Church, it's been a year, I believe, for a lot of us as a church, it's been a healing year. It's been a year of new. I'm new this year. I got hired on in January. I just want to tell you, I'm having the time of my life right now. You are all fun people, and you're very welcoming people. Pam, in the back. I'm thinking of Sue and Vinod. I'm thinking of Maria and Tony, all the Tonys that are here. I've met more Tonys this year than I've ever met in my life. I am. There's like four Tonys who attend this church. It was a year where Pastor Becca spoke for the first time and Pastor Jamie spoke for the first time. It was a year, and they did a great job. They crushed it. It was a year where we raised money for missions with our Kingdom Builder Banquet. We, we raised money for sex trafficking organization, raised over $60,000 for them. It was a year where we had our Christmas miracle gift, and we received, and I don't even know what the total is right now, but I know it's over $105,000 that go to the Christmas miracle gift. Isn't that awesome, everybody? 
We had our first Thanksgiving outreach. We had the the uh, trunk or treat outreach was very successful. It was a lot of fun. And we had our dream team party and Christmas party. There are a lot of things we can celebrate about. There's a lot of work. We've all put in a lot of work this year, everybody. Now, this leads me to the next portion of Ecclesiastes 3. It's important that we remember, but what the Bible says about it, it says, what do workers gain from their toil? Verse 10 says, I have seen the burden God has laid on every human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to the end. No one can fathom. Think about just your life alone, how God had lined things up, even things you haven't seen, relationships that he's brought into your life, places that you've come, everything that had to fall into place because he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. Now, it's not to say he doesn't give us choice. He does give us choice. But we can't comprehend all the moves that God does, everything that he does from the span of eternity. It's impossible. It made me think about how God is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's what Jesus says in Revelation twenty-two thirteen. Alpha is just the first word in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last word, last letter in the Greek alphabet. He says, I'm it all. I hold it all. I, I'm the almighty God. And we're going to look at some of the attributes of our Heavenly Father today. It's first mentioned in Genesis 17.1. One of the attributes about him being all-powerful is when Abraham was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. The word that, it, that is used there is El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the Lord Almighty or the all-sufficient one. Now think about that. Take all the power of the wind. Think about all the power in hurricanes. Think about all the power in tornadoes. Think about all the power in electricity, in lightning. Think about all the power in the seas and the waves. Think about all the power in the fish, all the power in men, all the power in horses, all the power in the beasts of the field. Think about Think about the power in automobiles. Every automobile combined, every single plane and jet engine combined. It's hard to fathom. Think about all the power in all the boats, all the power in everything that we see, everything we don't see. Think about the power of our earth rotating. Think about the power of the sun and the power in the billions of stars. Scripture says that God breathed and stars were formed. All the power in our collective universe, God holds it all because he's the almighty God. Now, that shouldn't scare you. Now, there's some healthy fear from that, but it should be encouraging to you. Why? Because the all-powerful God wants to know you. Let's look at another attribute of our God. So that one was he was all-sufficient, that's omnipotent. The next one is omnipotent. <laughs> that's not even the one I'm trying to say. Omniscient, omniscient. 
omniscient. It's been a day. In Psalm 139, David says this, You searched me, Lord. You know me. You know me when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going in and lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind me, but you're before me. Your hand is upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me, too lofty for me to obtain. Think about how God knows all of our thoughts. Even before we speak, he knows what we're going to say. 1 John chapter 3 says this, If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts because he knows everything. He knows it all. So think about that. Think about all creativity there's ever been. You know God created creativity? Think about everything you've even just imagined in your life. God knows it. He created imagination. All the imagination of everybody of all time. Everything that AI knows is nothing compared to our God. Scripture says that the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. He's the all-knowing God. He knows it all. Then he's omnipresent. Continuing Psalm 139, David writes, where can, I, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. That's good news. If I say, surely darkness will hide me and light will become night around me, even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Continuing in Psalms 46, God is our refuge, ever present in times of trouble. So think about that. God can be everywhere at every time. He, he's big enough to speak to you and speak to somebody else at the same time, all the way around the globe. He's big enough, he's present here, and he's present to the furthest galaxy. What I want you to see is no matter what 2023 has looked like for you, the good news is, is we have the Almighty God. We have the all-knowing God. We have the all-present God, and he's on our side. And what's so mind-blowing to me is the all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, all-present God loves me because I was created in his image, and he loves you. He loved me even when he knew I would do those things I shouldn't have done. He knew you when you do those secret things you've never told anybody that you've done. And he still wants you. He loves us so very, very much that he sent his son to live the life that we couldn't live in flesh. To die a death that we should have died so we could be born again. Because Jesus came back to life. That's why he's the first and the last. He's the first among the newborn. 
He's the king of all, the Lord of all. El Shaddai. And if I could change one thing from my year in 2023, I would lean in more to hearing God. I would lean in more to prayer and worship. I would have lingered a little longer. I would have been more in Scripture. That's the one thing I would change. I can't control what happens around me. I can't control attitudes. I can't control any other people, and I don't want to. I can only deal with the input of what I can do. That's what I would do. And why is that so important? It's because Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, he actually is quoting scripture. Satan tries to tempt him. He's trying to get Jesus to sin. He says, hey, if you're hungry, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, man should not live upon bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Another way to say that is every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Some versions say that. Now, if we don't live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that should be pretty important to us. Why? Because the Bible says that Jesus is the word. He was there in the beginning. Everything was created through him and for him. We need him in our life because he's the creator of all. It's important that we need the word of the Lord. Now, there's different ways God speaks. The the first way, the number one way, is it's through his written word, through the, the word of God, the Bible. We believe that it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. God used men to write the Bible, but it's his word. Now, there are things in Scripture, some of you may say, well, there's some terrible things in Scripture. There are, but that's in God's permissive will. That's not in God's perfect will. It's important that we remain, we, we, we almost like eat the Word of God. We don't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, proceeds doesn't just mean he wrote the Word down and it was over. So let me explain to you. There are those who believe, and some of you may be in here, who believe that God did speak to the apostles and the prophets, and then he quit speaking. And people will use the verse in 1 Corinthians that says that that tongues will cease and prophecy will cease. And they use that, but they cut out the next words that are, but knowledge will cease. Knowledge hasn't ceased. I'm going to give you an example of prophecy here in a minute. But some ways that God can speak to you, you know, God speaks to me, your pastor. You want a pastor he speaks to? I was going, God spoke to me yesterday. I was going to use a clip by Louis Giglio. And all I heard is I'm watching this video. I hear almost like in my ear, hey, Derek, don't use that video. It's like, okay. I really, like that just, just right there. So I decided not to use that video because I believe it was the Lord getting ready for what's to come today. Because who knows, his ways are better than my ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Now some ways God speaks to you, and I won't cover them all, but some of the ways that he does speak, sometimes he just drops a thought into your mind. Now it lines up with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Sometimes he'll lead you with peace or a lack of peace. 
Sometimes you just have a knowing. You know, Jesus, sometimes he just had a knowing. It's important to remember that he was clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit descended on him. He's our model. We need the Holy Spirit. He actually said, I don't say anything except what my father tells me to say. That's a good connection. <laughs> That's because he had, he had the Holy Spirit all over him. He had the Spirit without limit, John says. Then other ways that he speaks to us, he may speak to us in visions. That's what happened to the Apostle John in Revelation. He had a vision. He saw things. Sometimes, I think rarely, God can show up and speak to us through angels. I think that's, that's really when there's extreme danger, when people really need help. I think that that happens more common when that's going on. We'll see that in Joseph's life. We'll see that... Uh, Zacchaeus was in the, in the temple and angels showed up. Um, angels showed up to the Apostle Paul when he was in danger. Even the Lord Jesus showed up. I don't know if I want Jesus to show up in my bedroom. <laughs> Sound of rushing waters coming in the house. Violent blast of wind. Sometimes he speaks through dreams. That's one of the ways that God speaks to me. I had a dream in 2022 about a building, about a church that we would go to with three different buildings on it. That's this place. I've had dreams like that, dreams about being quiet and not speaking about a certain subject, dreams about different things. God will speak through dreams. What the Bible says, well, he'll do for one, he'll do for another. And it doesn't make sense to me that God would quit speaking because then why did Jesus even, why did he come if he didn't want a relationship with us and ever to speak to us? That doesn't make any sense. He, it's every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I know I didn't cover them all, but the one I want to focus on is prophecy because the prophetic conference is coming up. And if you've never had prophecy, there's nothing like it in the world. You know, yesterday, kind of cute story, Sam, who's three, we're at our, uh, my in-law's uh, house with all the cousins, nieces, and nephews. Well, one of the older cousins brought her boyfriend with her to the party, and Sam keeps giving him the fifth degree. He's giving him the cold shoulder. He won't, he won't talk to him, right? Like, and he tries to high-five Sam when Sam leaves. He's like, bye, buddy. And it's a little embarrassing, but Sam was was in Josie's arms, my wife, and he turned to him and said, I'll never see you again. <laughs> I'll never see you again. I'm not giving you a five. Like, maybe he prophesied. We'll see. I don't know if the guy's going to cut it. Right? It's really rude. Wonder who he got that from. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm blunt. <laughs> but but uh you know I have had real prophecy happen. I had uh someone come up a week ago to me and they told me the Lord gave him a word. Mm. It was the exact same word someone else had given me a year prior. 
That's for me. But it's something, prophecy is something that hits your heart. I had a prophecy in February of 2022, and this is some of the prophecy. It says, the person said to me, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks, the Lord's going to give you a platform, and you're going to be seen, you're going to be recognized by people who would have never noticed you before. But the Lord is not exalting you, but he's exalting his purpose in you. I'm on the platform today. He gave me a platform. If you've never had prophecy, no one's ever prophesied over you. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And there's something about expectancy, expecting God to move. So I would encourage you to sign up for the prophetic conference, but expect something. Expect God to move, because expectancy is faith. And ask that the Lord speak to you through people. Now, one rule with prophecy, just so everyone knows, you always measure it against the word. Because Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the measuring point for everything. The cornerstone was where they would place that stone and they'd measure the whole building off of it. That's what Jesus is. And then we take prophecy and we put it almost like on the shelf where we we remember and we can see it. We don't hide it away. But we don't just accept it fully. I've had two men in my life tell me, growing up, that God told them I was supposed to marry their daughter. I was immediately like, no, I'm not. I didn't say it to their face, but I didn't marry their daughter. Like, you don't just take anything anybody says, hey, God told me this, let's go for it. You always measure it against the word and you use wisdom. But I encourage you, because we all need the word of the Lord. But really, I think a good place to start was with thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen, everybody. We have this wonderful church family. The Bible says in Psalms 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Also says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Psalm 118 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his love endures forever. I can't read that, and I have Michael W. Smith in my head. His love endures forever. That's what's in my head. We want to give thanks to the Lord. Be thankful. You know, if my kids come to me and they say, I want milk now. I say, no. I'm not giving you milk. Say please. Right? Right? Our Father's heart is the same way. We don't want to just come with him and demand, you owe me. I'm a sinner saved by grace. You know exactly what I need. And we try to tell El Shaddai, the almighty God, the all-knowing God, the all-present God, how we think things should go. But he's not concerned with pain as much as he is character. That's a hard word. I Sometimes I don't like that. I want the easy way out. My point is God speaks, he still speaks. I've been praying for a word for our church for 2024. And at prayer yesterday, I heard that word right after, right after worship. The word that I heard for, our, for 2024 is momentum. For our church is going to be momentum. Now, 
2024 could be a very turbulent year in our nation. But who knows that light shines the brightest when it's the darkest. But I really believe that. I haven't hit my stride as a pastor. We, we have a lot more people to reach, a lot more people to touch. Momentum is our word. I really believe that. We're going to see momentum in 2024. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.